kids age three through fourth grade are dismissed. And um, this is the last uh, week that we're going to be doing it in the middle of the service. Uh, when we come back in two weeks, next week is life action, uh, but in two weeks um, the kids will be going down before the service. So just so you, I know Molly uh, shared the details with you on, on that, on the announcements, but it's going to be sad not seeing all the kids go down. We'll bring them back once in a while. All right, so um, there's so much going on in the next week or so. Um, we got uh, Wednesday night, we're going to do a prayer and praise service, and uh, we've had a couple of these here in the last year or so that, I mean, if you haven't been to one, I just really encourage you to come and uh, join us for that because it's such a powerful time of just worship and prayer, and um, we just have such a great time with the Lord. And then Life Action is going to come and, and share um, some experiences with us Lord, through the uh, their their uh, their experiences with the Lord. And what I want to say is is that what we're going to do in these special you know services is a reflection of what we always seek to do. And um, we have very little control over, but what we always are seeking after is to have an experience with God, right? We want to encounter God, and when you encounter God, you are changed. And this is the reality that we are so aware of, that when I came to know the Lord, that I had this experience with His presence and His power and His truth, my life is forever different. And so every, every time we gather and we study the word and we pray and we worship and we you know, do these things, we're, what we're seeking is to create a moment, an opportunity somehow um, where people can encounter God. And, and we know that if that happens, then God will, will do something in your life that no human person can do. And so what we're doing in a worship service is not, and you got to hear me on this because um, this can be a little bit offensive in, in some ways, because what I'm going to say is that we do not practice religion, okay? I, we don't, that's not our goal here, is to um, come and, and practice a religion, to put in our time at a, a worship service. What, what we are after is an encounter with God. And so when we have these special services with Life Action, um, what we're doing is we are setting aside time to have an encounter with God. They're going to bring in um, some different you know, people to, to uh, share with us some messages and some worship and um, what, what we're seeking the same thing all the time. And, and what we're hoping for and praying for is that because it is a little different and because there is a, a, a group coming in that's going to do something that's going to be maybe outside of our normal experience, that maybe for some people it will be 
a new, fresh, reviving encounter with God. Maybe for some people it'll be a first time um, where they've really encountered the presence and the power of God and his truth and it impacts their life. What, what Life Action does, um, just for those of you who don't know or, or haven't experienced the Life Action Revival, uh, they have a, a team. One of the team members is the evangelist, they call him, and he will bring the messages. Um, they have a family minister who's going to uh, also share some truths um, through some, some preaching, but mostly you know, is kind of the support person uh, for the evangelist. Um, and then there is a team of um, young people who are between the ages of, let's say, 18 and 23 in that range. Uh, so a bunch of kids. Um, and if you're my age or older, then how many of you think, like, in your early 20s, like, you're still kids? How many of you in your early 20s are offended by that? <laughs> Carl? Sorry, buddy. Um I mean, scientifically speaking, your brain is not fully developed until you're 26. So, okay. Um, that's beside the point. The, the thing, though, is that here are some kids, some young people, um, who have had an encounter with the Lord, whose lives are changed. We, we are blessed. We have um, three um, people in our church who have traveled with Life Action uh, come back to Alito or or uh, been transplanted to Alito and been part of our ministry here. But uh, people that have encountered the Lord, a lot of them through a life action ministry or revival or camp or something that life action has done. And we're so impressed by that somehow, by God's call and his presence and his power that they said, I'm going to dedicate at least a year to go and travel and share what God's done in my life and uh, be used by him in different churches, different places. And so we have a, a group of these young people who are on fire for the Lord, and we're praying that we will catch their fire, right? They are kids, these young people um, that have uh, experienced God, and then they're going to come in here, and they're going to hopefully experience God in a new way in our church. And Here's one of the things that you have to understand about that is that uh, this particular team, this particular uh, group of services that we're going to do, we are the first church on their itinerary. And so you have some of these young people uh, who have not experienced uh, life action revival on this side of it yet. This will be their first time. And so uh, one of the things I, I need to just communicate to you is that we want to make sure that they have a great experience. Would you agree? We want to bless them. We want to be uh, friendly and kind and gracious and accepting and just really enjoy what ministry they're going to bring to our church. So uh, just so you understand, like some of these young people are coming right into the, the very first experience that they've ever had with a revival um, as leaders, and they're going to lead our kids, and they're going to lead the worship, and they're going to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're really excited about that. And so, um, on the other side of it too, is that we want to make sure that we have a great experience. And what that means is that we're ready uh, for what God's going to do through that encounter. 
Um, we, we are prepared. And so today we're talking about revival. Wednesday we're going to have a prayer and, and praise service to get ready for revival. And then when they get here, we're ready for what God's going to do. Okay? And, and so um, our goal, though, is always to encounter the Lord. I, I, I'm just impressed on one thing, though, before I go any further, before we get into the Word. The thing that these young people are doing is unique in a way, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be out, of, out of the realm of what we all do. I mean, we may not go on the road and travel with you know, uh, evangelists or life action team or, or go into full-time ministry, but it should be every believer's desire and uh, intention to figure out how to serve the Lord somehow with our lives. Would you agree? And when somebody comes into um, a place where they feel that call to do that full-time, praise the Lord, that's God's call in their life. And, and we have people here today, I, I think I saw Stuart. Did I see Stuart somewhere? Raise your hand. Oh, there you are in the back. You're a good Baptist kid. So <laughs> Stuart and Danica are uh, serving with the uh, crew. And uh, we've supported them over the years, and, and uh, I just want to tell you that uh, it's such an amazing thing to see young people out of our church grow up and feel that call towards ministry and then serve God in ministry, and uh, I just need to tell you that you need to talk to them after the service because they probably would like your support. <laughs> um, we are always looking for uh, what God's doing, and uh, here's an example of how God just grabs a hold of a life and sets it apart for his service. Amen. So this is what we're all after. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4, and uh, let's pick it up in verse 23. And standing as we read God's word this morning, we, we stand as we read God's word um, because it gives us a special attention to the, the weight of what God is trying to communicate to us. Amen. Um, I don't think you have to read God's Word standing up all the time, but we want to make sure that we're respecting the God of the Word. And so it says here, uh, when they were released, this is Peter and John, when they were released, they went to their friends, reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them, and I'll explain what they'd said to them, but um, they'd basically just been arrested and released. Um, And when they heard it, the the Christians, the church, they said, or they looked together to God and said, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So declaring um, absolute truth, God, you're the creator, you made everything and it all belongs to you. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set up and the rulers were gathered together against the anointed. Truth in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. So that's kind of like everybody. To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place, this is the, the sacrifice that needed to happen for the salvation of the world. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Notice they did not pray for safety. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name 
of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And Lord, we thank you that uh, you have called us into the very same ministry, Lord, that, that we see represented here in this passage and all through your scripture, God, that we have been called to proclaim the great name of Jesus. Lord, we have been called to uh, adhere to the truth of your word, to make it known, uh, but to believe it, to trust it, to know that it is filled with promises, God, that you are the God who is going to fulfill all the promises that you made, that we have absolute assurance and hope, God, that you have greater plans. We look around our world and we see danger and turmoil and division and darkness and an increase in confusion and immorality and all kinds of stuff, Lord, but we know that you, God, are still in control and that you have great plans and great purposes and that you are still moving and working. And even now, we see that you are still calling people to calling people to out of the darkness and the light and doing great things. to be on fire for you the way that, that you desire us to be, that we would pay close attention to what you're doing and join with your work wherever we see your, your spirit moving, God, that we would, uh, whenever we get tired, Lord, that we would be refreshed. We pray that we would set aside time that we need to set aside to meet with you, to let you have our hearts, our minds, our lives. Lord, we, we set aside our families and our kids for you. Pray that you would bless them, help them to know you, help us to help them to know you. And God, we pray that uh, in these days ahead that you would meet with us, Lord, especially right now for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So just a little bit of a recap here. I don't know if if you're super familiar with what's going on with Peter and John, story, but what, what happened, the Holy Spirit had one on the church of Pentecost. They went to the temple. They read the gospel. This is the, the son of God. You know, him in that one day, you know, Jesus Christ, their ministry. They continue on serving and claiming the truth, going into the temple and worshiping. And later, um, they run into this uh, guy who's parenting at the, the gate. And they have money, okay? So they're not getting rich on the gospel here, but... They do have power, and so they say, I don't have anything to give you except for a miracle. And they, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And so he, this guy who has been crippled all his life, over 40, so he's an elderly guy, he, he jumps up, 
he jumps up and he is leaping and praising God and everybody knows this is a this is a substantial miracle. They know who this guy, they've been seeing him. They've been going in and out of the temple. And this guy's been bothering them for pocket for years. Here he is, all of a sudden. And 2,000 people know you. So now the church, 5,000 people, religious leaders, um, aren't uh, too happy about it. So they get upset. What do they do? Right, the guys that are doing this. Now, what are they, what are they doing? All they're doing is... Um, Loving God, love people, speaking the truth. And yet the world, and I say the world, religious leaders and the, the Roman government, all the rest of it, they are not happy about that. They arrest Peter and John and they question them. And here's what's going on. Peter and John are standing before this. It's a, it's a official uh, religious council. It's called the Sanhedrin. And they're standing there testifying. The crippled guy, who's no longer crippled, standing there with them, and uh, they're questioning them about what they did and the name that they're using. And they're concerned about religion and not too concerned about power of the Holy Spirit of God and the truth of God. They are having the, the religious structures and protocols the way that we're supposed to. See how sometimes religion can get in the way. So they're about it. And Peter says, wondering about like what happened. Um, here's what happened. Jesus, the, the guy that you crucified a few weeks ago, um, he's God, and uh, he rose from the dead, and then he ascended to the Father, and his, he sent his Holy Spirit, and the power of Jesus' name healed this guy, and this guy is standing there like, yep, that's what happened. And they said, you can't, in fact, well, here's what actually happened. They said uh, nothing, because they could not speak against anything, so they, they sent them out of the room. And then they conferred together what they should do. How do we stop these people? And then they decided that they were going to threaten them. They bring them back in. You can't talk about Jesus. And so Peter, you know, in normal Peter fashion says, well, we have to do what God wants, not what you want. <laughs> and so they threaten them some more, and then they let them go. Now, here's the thing. Um, the threats that they're, they're using are not empty threats. You're like, I don't know. We read that and we're like, oh, they threaten them. Well, no big deal. Well, here's the thing. In a few weeks, months, um, what's going to happen is that James is going to be be uh, killed by the the he's going to be put uh, we have Stephen one of the demons he's going to be stoned to death by a mob um, and then we have a persecution breaking out amongst all the Christians in Jerusalem, and people are running for their lives. People are getting arrested. Um, Paul, who before he uh, was Paul, he was Saul, and he's going to get letters, and he's going to arrest people, and he's going to go door to door trying to nail down who all the Christians are and stop them. Uh, before Jesus finally gets a hold of him, 
and he becomes the greatest evangelist and missionary that we ever saw in the whole church. Um, so we have these threats that are real threats. Now, what's going on right now is that in chapter 4, um, before all this persecution breaks out, the church gathers together and uh, they know the, that there's imminent danger on their doorstep and they decide to pray for what? Boldness to continue to speak the name of Jesus and the word of God. That's their prayer. They don't pray for safety. They don't pray that the government will leave them alone or that the religious leaders will you know, find a different distraction. They just pray that they would be bold in, in preaching the word. And here's one of the things that I believe is that um, as Christians, one of the things that we are most susceptible to um, is not the attacks of the enemy, it's of being rejected, or, uh, being quiet, or not wanting to rock the boat. Or And here's why I say, I'm, gonna, I'm struggling with this actually right now because I see a lot of Christians right now who are very willing to offend people about stuff that doesn't matter. All over social media, all over whatever. They, Christian people who will be very offensive about masks and vaccines and whatever protocols and all this junk. And very unwilling to offend anyone about Jesus Christ. I feel like that's a big problem. We're upset, and I get it. We're frustrated, okay. Don't tell me that you're afraid of offending people if you're willing to, to offend everyone in the world about your opinions about garbage, things that are not moral issues, things that aren't eternal issues. But I won't say a word about Jesus to my coworker because I might offend them. I'll mob over whether or not to get the news my job or speak in the Jesus. All right, so fire when you got it, that's a little taste. You want to talk about a revival, you have to get serious about the things that God cares about. And he cares about his people declaring the truth that we're lost without Jesus. That's what he cares about. The, the world needs to know that our sin is what is keeping us from him. And, and be fearless about Declaring that. So we see this pattern all through Scripture, all the way from, from the very beginning, Adam and Eve, we see this, this pattern of uh, people have an experience with God, and their life is changed, and then they, they go through a season, or they go through a whole, even a whole generation, and they're, they're on fire for the Lord, but then something happens, and what generally happens is one of two things, either sin... Okay, we fall back into old patterns, old habits, old desires, things that we think are going to make us happy and they won't. Or we fall into, I'm going to say, sleepiness. We just get lazy. We just kind of get comfortable and we're used to, you know, the same old, same old. And, and uh, we go through religion, and the religion no longer has power because we've lost the sense of the presence of God. And we come together in a church service, 
and we go through the motions and we sing the songs and we listen to the message or, or don't. <laughs> and we go on our way and we feel pretty good because we'd put in our time. And, and I think that Scripture that if you just through the motions and you're not seeking the of God, then eventually you're going to fall asleep spiritually. And we Okay? We don't get a different time. We don't get to be elders or in the you know, time of Jesus. We get to be alive right now. This is our time. And we need to be aware and alert and we need to be ready to realize how the Holy Spirit is moving. And so happens is that as they pray for they have a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay? It says that after they prayed, when they had prayed, this is verse 31, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And this is the time that we see this out spirit. John, Jesus, um, right he was read, and he asked to the disciples before he was ascended. Okay? Time, 40 days, he's with his disciples before he goes. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. That kind of thing, because we're like, well, the pen happened yet. That's on the road piece. But receive the Holy Spirit. And then in um, Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, what happens is that the Holy Spirit is poured out. The disciples are there. And the, all the believers are together worshiping. It's the Lord's Day, so it's Sunday. And the Holy Spirit comes like a, a, a wind, and there's flames of fire, and they can kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a weird thing. They could all see, like, there's a little on your head. They go to the temple and they proclaim the gospel to the people and 3,000 people get saved. And then here we are a little time later and they're gathered again, they're praying and the Holy Spirit comes again, is poured out and fills them. Now, what we know is that Every person has trusted Jesus for salvation. Jesus, forgive my sins. I've believed. Because if best with your mouth, believe in your saved, and that those who are saved have the Holy Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing your eternal. Okay, we got that. So you have, if you are a saved person, you have the Holy Spirit. Let me say it this way: If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are not saved. Okay, we all agree? Like this, this is what the Bible tells us. That as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, what we also know is that the Holy Spirit is like a wind. And Jesus says it to Nicodemus. He said, um, the wind goes where it wants. It goes where it, it will. And so it is with the people uh, born of the Spirit. And I believe he's talking about the Spirit more so than he's talking about the people. Okay? The the there, there are times when uh, the Holy Spirit is powerfully present. It's okay. Would you agree? And sometimes it's not even breezy. I don't control that. I sometimes I feel responsible for it, and you know, sometimes it's like. What did I do wrong? How come the, you know, and other times it's like, wow, wow, God, you just showed up and you did what I, I could have never imagined you would do. And sometimes it's just 
a gentle breeze, but we don't control that. We, what happens, though, is that we can be ready for it. We can be um, agreeable to what the Holy Spirit's doing as he is moving. Sometimes he's available. You've got to make sure that you're going to agree with him in that moment because when that power is gone, it's different. And if you've experienced God in your life, then you understand that there are seasons and there's moments where I, I need to agree with what God's doing right now so that I can continue on with his plan in my life. And here's what happens to um, every single one of us who are ready, is that we have a encounter with God, permanently shift the direction, the destination. When you go back, if you're saved, have the Holy Spirit, and I believe must have happened at some point in your life, and it may not have looked would For me, you know, in the ch- how many of you are raised in the church? raised in the church, abandoned the church for a while. <laughs> it was me, and, and I did my own thing. But I, what I found was what all the people in the Bible show us they found as well, which is that sin leads to destruction and eventually to desperation. And at some point, I cried out to God, and I said, I, this isn't working, and I need you. And so I became a saved person at about 18, 19 years old. And then immediately, almost immediately, um, I had, uh, uh, how do I want to say that? I had the worst spiritual experience of my life. Spiritual warfare. Okay, right after I get saved, you think everything's going to be great. Don't you expect, like, okay. I'm on fire for God, and he's got my life now, and everything's going to be good. It's going to be wonderful. Just from here on out, peace and joy and glory, right? And I hear uh, depression almost immediately. And, and uh, I was in college at the time, and I mean, I couldn't do stuff. I didn't want to leave my room sometimes. It was just... The weight is just overwhelming. I don't know. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have no clue. But for me, it was just this heavy, heavy weight. And what happened was that what I had cried out to God for salvation, he then confirmed because of the depression, I was able to confirm the reality of God in my life by calling on the name of Jesus to defeat the spiritual warfare that was going on in my life at that moment. And I've never doubted the power and the reality of God in that moment. And I've had many different confirmations in my life through the years. Have you, have you had something like that? Where you're just like, God showed up. I can't doubt it. I, I, maybe it was a long time ago, but I know that I experienced the power of God, the truth of his word somehow and the Holy Spirit's power all came together in my life and converged and, and I am confirmed in my heart. I know that I've experienced God. 
what happens in the church history and all through biblical history is that there are movements of the Holy Spirit. There is the proclamation of the, the Word of God. Uh, there are some people, not as many as what we would hope, but some people come to know God because of those things coming together in their life. And then there is almost always a response, a satanic attack from the nations, from the, we'll say, media, from the culture, from non-believing friends and family, from spiritual warfare within, from all the different desires in your heart that are evil, that you still have, that God's still working out. They're all coming together and creating a conflict. And so what we need, what they understood, what we haven't probably understood as well, we need boldness. We need boldness to speak the Word of God. We need it and we need to then speak it out in our families, in our workplaces, in our personal relationships, in our morality, in all of it. We need to have boldness. And what will happen is that the Holy Spirit will make you spiritually alive and the Word of God spiritually The Holy Spirit is God's Word and He will bring to your awareness your constant need to stay close to God. This is why we preach the Word of God. We don't experiences and testimony are good and we need to remember what God's done in our lives, but it's the Word of God that has the power to make you awake, keep you awake, and keep you on track with Him. And so, you know, I have all these passages from the book of Acts, and if you just read through the book of Acts, what you would see is that what the disciples did, what the apostles did, what the church did was they spoke the Word of God, and they would speak it in all these different places, and people would come to know God, and they would be impressed by the power of the truth. And the Holy Spirit proclamation of the truth, and then people change. And some people would come to know God, and some people would get pretty upset about it, and start to attack. But the church continues to advance and to survive because God's people, with his Holy Spirit and equipped with his word, never give up. And we never stop. And we don't allow our culture to shut us up. And we don't let fear keep us from living and speaking the truth. This is what a revival is, okay? It is God's people living for the truth all the time. And sometimes we're much more energetic about it than other times. Uh, sometimes we're frustrated and sleepy and we need to wake up. And here's, I'm just going to give you four quick ways to be energized spiritually, okay? One is obviously prayer. Um, how's your prayer life? And um, I'm, I'm going to guess there are a handful of people that say, my prayer life is awesome, and uh, I couldn't be better, okay? That's probably a few people. Most of us would say, my prayer life needs a little work, 
Would you agree? That's, that's me. My prayer life needs a little work. Well, I've been thinking and praying on this a lot. And one of the things that's on my heart for me is that um, two things. One is I, I need to get back to some things that used to work for me. You remember the day, the time, the season of your life where prayer was just really good? You're connected. You felt like God was hearing you and you were just in the zone, okay? Well, you maybe you need to get back to what was That, that you are doing, okay? And what I mean by that is um, I don't pray as well sitting down as I do when I'm walking. Um, some people, when you are commuting to work and you are driving and you are turning off the radio and spending that time in prayer, you decided that you're going to do something different that hasn't been working. Well, you might need to get back to turning the radio and spending that commute time in prayer or pacing for a walk every morning and just talking to God. Maybe you need to pray out loud. Maybe you need to incorporate something you used to do. I don't know what it is. Or maybe you've never really felt like you've connected in prayer. You need to just try something different, something new you haven't tried before. Okay, what I'm doing isn't working. I need to do something else. Uh, two, the Word of God. Have have we Sunday failed? You need to read the Bible. It happened. I don't know. I don't so. Pretty sure we're trying to communicate the importance of that book into here. Okay, last week we had a one all the resources, reading plans and devotional and all the rest of it. Um, there's no way around this this reality. You need to get the Word of God into your life. 
And you cannot do that if you're reading it, listening to it, somehow understanding what the Word of God has to say to you. You've got to read it. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can be a chapter a day. It can be five minutes, but start reading God's Word. Uh, three, repentance. You will, the Bible says you can frustrate, grieve, and stifle the Holy Spirit. You know that? You know how that happens? Unrepentant sin in your life. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm not going to talk to you about anything else until you deal with this thing. It is the elephant in the room in your life. And you keep trying to ignore living with it, but God's saying, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with anything else in your life until you deal with that. You have to repent and say, God, I'm sorry for that, and I'm not that anymore. Whatever it is, it, may, it might be an attitude, it might be jealousy, it might be anger, it might be uh, a sexual sin, it might be a language issue, it might be an addiction, it might, it might be... Okay? It's not... It, in one hand, it's impossible. In another hand, it's not that... You say, God, I'm sorry, give me... To do better. You're going to the Lord and saying, God, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that. And you allow, it doesn't have to be a, a world. calling you change one person's life you're going to be doing something of eternal value would you agree do you think that you going to heaven is an awesome thing do you think that if you were to have the opportunity to help anyone else go to heaven that uh, that would be also an awesome thing that's all we're talking about it's just, what, what did God put me on this earth to do? Help somebody know him. Amen? And now, I hope that uh, we're ready to experience God, not just once a week, but every day. We want God to show up. And Father, we thank you that uh, has blessed us, um, equipped us, Lord, in so many different ways. Lord, you've um, given us so many awesome opportunities, blessings, God. And we are so thankful. We are so overwhelmed with your goodness, Lord. It, it really is all about you. It, it's really all that this world and all this life is, is about is who you are and what you want to do. And we lose sight of that sometimes. About us being happy about something. Lord, it's about you. 
And so, Lord, I pray that as we cling to that truth, that you would give us that sense of absolute fulfillment in you, peace, joy, that we would pray the same prayer that the apostles, the disciples, all the, the church prayed, Lord, which was give us boldness, give us courage, help us to be um, true, authentic. Not just for a little while, Lord. Always. And we will give you all the praise for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you this morning to just respond to the, the Holy Spirit if He's moving in your heart. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, that we need to respond while it is still daylight, which basically means as the opportunity arises, we grab a hold of it. And if He's moving in your heart, we, we will never have a church service where there isn't a challenge to respond to what God's doing. You have to agree. If he's put, I don't even know what it is, but if he's putting something, I'm just going to invite you down, lay down, and agree with God. Let's stand.